Hello and welcome to the Yoga Syndicate. This edition is called, Who Am I? Ellen, who are you? Who am I? Ellis, I told you in the last episode that that is the completely wrong question. Um, we ask ourselves so many meaningless questions and who am I is definitely one of them. Uh, when I... When I hear people wondering about this, I, 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 I can't help but wonder what kind of answer is it they really expect to, uh, to get from asking this question? And what difference would it make? Well, isn't it just an essential existential question? Like, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what is it all for, because no one really knows the answer to that. But, um, you know, you've been materialized. You're standing here. You know, you do your deeds of... You know, sleep, eat, nourish, toilet, um, love, hate, separate, uh, live, die. Uh, along the way, you've got to ask the question, you know, who am I? Or, or do, you, do you, in fact, not need to ask that question? Well, I think it's just phrased in a completely different way because what could be the, the potential answer to that, Ellis? Could it be like, uh, well, I'm a two-legged animal, I'm a, I'm a mother, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a good person, I'm a bad person? What could be the possible answer and what kind of identity would that give you? Because we're trying to, uh, we're trying to, to figure out how we, can, uh, how we can label what is really a, a process. There is nothing within us that is permanent, that, uh, uh, that, sustains that sustains over time. So how can we possibly try to label who we are? If you want to know who you are, does it mean that you have been the same since you were a child, since you were 20 years old, and, and you will remain the same till the day you die? That, that answer will be the same throughout your life? sort of defeats the purpose of going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and starting uh, the meeting off with, Hi, uh, my name's Ellis. I'm an alcoholic. Because in that case, you'd be saying who you are. You're an alcoholic. But uh, I guess we're talking more along the, the lines of, you know, this uh, essential question uh, and wrapping everything mm. up in, in light of living and saying, who am I? So I, I get where you're coming from. But nonetheless, we still have to... To, to sort of understand where we're headed to and in, in heading somewhere, isn't identity, ego needing to take a certain space when it comes to labeling and titles? No, but I think the, the, in the case of the alcoholic at the AA meeting is completely relevant because in the context of an, an alcoholic anonymous meeting, you are an alcoholic. But in the context of something else, of meeting your grandma or your children, you're not the alcoholic. You are the, you are the uh, grandson or the father. So it's precisely the, the case that who we are changes with circumstances. Ooh, I think you're right. I, man, you just, uh, wow, already. We're just in the beginning of uh, getting this going. And you, you sort of made it very clear that who we are is circumstantial uh and it's you know like when i was younger and i went into uh in america you go into seven different classrooms during the period of one day and i was so glad i was happy that we didn't have one teacher one classroom because if something was going wrong in my head i got to change it up in the next class i went to there were a different group of students there was a different subject matter there was a different teacher i was wearing a different pair of tennis shoes and suddenly everything could be different during the, the course of that day so you're you're basically saying that that based on who you are or in this you know first person scenario who am i that uh it's ever changing it is ever changing it's like what is a river you might ask that is the river the uh, the water that streams at a certain point at a certain time? Is it the is it the banks of the river that might also change over time? Well, if the river changes its course, do we still call it the Ganges or or, or, or whatever? It, it it maintains its name, so it's not it's not a problem for for others to recognize who we are. 
but uh, from the inside we are always changing according to circumstances but th- th- there's not a problem so that's why i feel it's it's very insignificant to to try to find uh some kind of core or some kind of uh unchanging uh, element within us i i get it but let's okay i a lot of respect uh what you're saying makes perfect sense to me i'm just thinking okay paul mccartney ellen mm-hmm. uh there's still you know there's a there's a tad of wine left in the bottle upstairs paul mccartney knocks on the door and you're like wait a second uh pinch pinch is is this for real i mean you'd certainly have a lot of questions or you, at least you'd be very uh in awe um sort of starstruck over the fact that suddenly you in your lifetime had a chance to sit down with one of the beatles and you know it's not like you're going to ask them what did he mean when he wrote the song yellow submarine maybe maybe you would knowing you ellen but i'm you know i'm thinking in general uh given given the fact that there is a superstar amongst you and has somehow influenced the world or the, the world of music in in so many profound ways um it's kind of important that he is who he is or is it not or uh again is he does he not exist uh in that particular moment at least in in your head and your heart or well of course he exists and that's one role he has but Paul McCartney is also uh, a dad he's also or he was Linda McCartney's husband so I think if he knocked on my door maybe what sure I would know know in the back of my head that he was a superstar but maybe what the interesting thing would be was uh, how would the superstar behave in my kitchen would we uh, make a pie together or uh, what kind of tea would he drink or you know what what kind of uh, of uh, sides would he reveal in that uh, circumstance mm and then 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 he leaves right then you're like um you're definitely asking can i get a selfie can i do this can i do that i'm just wondering you know based on that circumstantial um now i'm going to call it evidence and not just situation the evidence that he had been there since you have a selfie of you and him and a pie uh in the background on the on the kitchen top i'm just like you know how do you how do you identify because i think identifying with something whether it is circumstantial momentarily uh based on defining who you are um it 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 comes into play doesn't it i mean you 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 are connecting to something uh aren't you when you're when you're trying to discover who you are or do you just think the whole topic is just uh uh non-essential no no i was uh, i was thinking about this today actually we were out for a very long walk and we talked and uh, i was also thinking uh between trying to keep my speed up and catching my breath i was also thinking a little bit about this uh, subject and i think this whole question of who we are it's actually <coughs> a rather new thing it's a rather new context in which we have to ask ourselves or we feel obliged to ask ourselves these questions if you go back in history and you know we're both interested in indian philosophy and the ancient uh, wisdom traditions and in those contexts you never needed to ask yourself who am i because that was given at the time of birth you belong to a caste you belong to a, a certain tradition mm. you never had to ask who am i because that was evident you would be you would you would be your your father's son or your mother's daughter and you would do what they had done so that was that was not the question what was more important was what do i do in life or and how well do i do it yeah but then let's say what you do in life is you play guitar and suddenly you you you're doing it very well that you become uh, a billionaire like Paul McCartney um again i'm just a little bit baffled because there seems to be um you know i know in general i'm asking this question quite often i'm not asking the question who i am but someone recently said to me asked me a question and and you know what i'm kind of one of these self-assured individuals i don't think i have the answers but i'm not afraid of uh of you know keeping up in a good conversation or, or feeling like i at least can can add to it bring something to it but someone asked me a very basic question they said what is it about you that you like both uh mentally and then name one thing about you physically that you like about you 
um, I, I had no answer. The one thing I noticed that the tears almost swelling up in my eyes because, um, you know, you, you get busy telling people what you do. Uh, you kind of identify with who you are based on the concept of, you know, what you do. Uh, I am a carpenter. I mm. am a doctor. Um, so who are you seems to not only be um, based on where you are, whether you're visiting your parents or if you're hanging out with a bunch of friends, but who am I, who you are is also based on, uh, at least nowadays, uh, based on your credentials. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm wondering, you know, if, if someone had asked you the question, what is it about you that you think is beautiful, both physically and mentally? Do you, do you have an answer in terms of describing more or less who you are momentarily and what about you momentarily is beautiful? Um, but um, uh, why, does, uh, uh, why does what you like relate to who you are? I mean, I've always liked my feet, but uh, does it mean that I identify with my feet or I, or I am my feet? Uh, but true, we, we maybe try to expose our uh, most favorable uh, feature. Uh, but this whole thing of, of uh, explaining who we are through our profession, is that really, uh, is that, is that really exact? If you if you hammer nails for a uh, for a living, what does that have to do with your values, your hopes and dreams? Yeah, well, there and you go. You're talking about values, and you're talking about hopes and dreams. So, is that who you are? No, none of this <laughs> is who you are. Because again, I want to get back to this, and and now we've already been talking about who you are, and I think we should rather ask, um, what are we? What is the mind? I think we are all uh, a stream of consciousness. We are all a process. We are a physical and a mental process. And uh, what we need to understand is really how our minds work. Okay. Fluctuating, right? Fluctuating, it is. And if it is fluctuating, and you are the mind, and you are this flesh and blood, and you are not a victim, but a product of energy... Um, maybe sometimes a, a victim of certain uh, waves, uh, wavelengths that you don't really want to stream through you on a, in a particular occasion. But I'm thinking if, if, if you are this fluctuating um, species, um, is that what you are? No, I think the question is, uh, is again, uh, if you're looking at, uh, you know, what is the function of the mind, what do you do with that? Are you someone who uh, want to uh, understand the mind, understand why you might have certain uh, patterns that we might call a personality because they are so deeply ingrained in you? Or are you someone who just want to succumb to your uh, habitual patterns and, uh, and uh, uh, pride yourself of having a personality? Okay, well, all of this sounds like me versus everyone else. I'm reflecting something out, either whether it's based on pride, whether it's uh, based on prose, if it's if it's based on some sort of, uh, hey, look at me, uh, I exist over here in the corner. Um, is uh, this concept of who we are and what we are uh, also uh, very deep-rooted in us versus everyone else? We're, we're wanting to wave a flag here in life. Is that why we were put here, to, uh, to wave a flag? Well, we have to realize, uh, Alice, that we're in an extremely um, individualistic society where we are uh, obliged to kind of, or we are asked to stand out as uh, indiv individuals and define ourselves. And uh, one, <laughs> one way that we do this uh, today is to expose ourselves, you know? through uh, the, the social media, through uh, our preferences, what kind of car we drive, what kind of job we have, what kind of shoes we wear, all these things we, we exhibit in order to show uh, who we are. Sounds like a bunch of layers of like mud or sludge or something uh, that hopefully one day will, will, will dry up because if it's wet, it's just going to keep seeping in. And if it dries up, you can at least... You know, you can just chip it right off so you can get back to, to what you actually are. And I guess what you're saying is you're, you're an individual, you're born into this world. Naturally, um, you don't have a cord that is like connected to your body. Um, you're not even wireless because you lose your own reception. 
And uh, along the way, you just, you got to make amends of, of this moment at hand, right? Because if you really break it down, you're, you're more or less saying, you know, how could you possibly be concerned with who you are when in many philosophies, you know, you're not even who you are to begin with. There is no body. All of this is an illusion. So um, am, I, am I completely off track by, by bringing this up? No, what I'm saying is just that I don't think it's such an important question to ask. I think we need to look at... Uh, what are we doing? Are we trying to improve ourselves? Are we uh, are we trying to do uh, positive actions rather than negative actions? Um, and um, uh, I think we can exist perfectly well without uh, trying to find out who we are or trying to find a certain core in in uh, in who we are. I I think we we function perfectly well without that. And uh, I'm a bit concerned with this because, you know, when uh, when I was uh, when I was young, it was I was always told that just be yourself, just be who you truly are, don't pretend, just be natural. And that actually caused me a lot of suffering, because you're looking for something that that is not there. You might just you. It doesn't actually matter who you are. Not nothing is more. Uh, real or genuine than than anything else. It's just a matter of choice. Okay, so it seems kind of though compulsory, as you say, that maybe it's a modern day phenomenon that we we need to ask a question that doesn't need to be asked, and maybe that goes along the same lines in many other questions that we ask both ourselves and others, uh, and not only who I am, but what do I think, um, uh, whether I love somebody or not. You know, a lot of that just is, seems like compulsory uh, 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 mandates that you, you're just crossing off a bunch of boxes that you wish were round or didn't exist at all. So I'm just, you know, um, are there any other questions that fundamentally just irritate the crap out of you? <laughs> uh, who are you? Um, I can't think of any at the moment, Ellis. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I, I know, I know there are. Uh, What's you yours? Know, my, I can't think either because I'm just, I'm, I'm totally baffled after that beautiful New Zealand uh, wine we had upstairs, and this question has been irritating me because I've been thinking about it. You know, I promised myself I wouldn't look into this because I thought, you know, this would be a very, you know, easy podcast to do, but the more we get into it, I realize there's a little tension going on. Um, and uh, we agreed earlier this uh, this morning that we'd have this podcast about who am I, and it seemed it seemed like such a fun topic. But um, I don't think there's an there there is no answer, is there? Of course, there's no answer. But I was thinking about this morning, and uh, I want to uh, refer back to our previous podcast where you talked about your beautiful teacher in uh, in India, who is so dedicated to his uh, practice. And then I want to uh, ask you, Alice, do you think for such people who are like uh, a little more uh, advanced spiritually than we are, do you think it's necessary for them when they get up in the morning or ever throughout their lives to ask this question, who am I? No, uh, and that's, I find very irritating because I, I keep clinging on to some sort of lugubrious, like uh, Western tentacles, and I don't want them to let me go because there's something about the, the 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 comfort of discomfort in not knowing and not graduating why school you know there's there's still something i don't know i think there's it's just like any old habit whether it be the bottle uh for some whether it be a certain tendency for others one thing that i find very addictive and perhaps is hard to shrug that is the concept of feeling that something is not completely in balance and when i see this guru this particular uh inspiration that i that i that i still to this day have the thing that frustrates me is i i find it difficult not only implementing it uh or you know i just find it almost unreasonable uh that i uh would ever get to a point where i would where i would actually become that um because i see yes that he would never be this great guru. He wouldn't be able to perform all these tasks and and do and become that person that I see him and many people see him as if he hadn't somewhere along the way made a very, you know, 
clear decision in his head, heart, and mind that um, I need to just let go of a bunch of uh, uh, of these tentacles. I keep holding on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if if it's me directly holding on. If it's you know, there's something. You know, when you're watching a movie, sometimes uh, now movies have even, you know, 60 frames uh, per second. Is there some pictures coming up with certain messages telling me, hey, buddy, um, you don't have a chance to to become graceful, quiet, uh, a a truly good example. You you got a lot of people thinking you are, but you're you're just not there yet. And you maybe never will be. Is there something holding on to us that that is hard to also let go of? Of course, I, I think there are, and and we as human beings, we we tend to hold on and, and cling to what is familiar, and, uh, and in fact, we hold on to things even if it causes us, us suffering just because they are familiar, and I think that's pr- precisely the the role of the guru that he holds up this this mirror for you to to see so clearly how shallow this idea of a personality is. And, uh, and still we're clinging to it and we know somewhere deep down inside that we would be much more happy if we could just let go of it and don't give a damn about who we are or not try to uphold any kind of personality or any kind of status or being concerned about what people think about us. It's very painful and we don't always realize that, that, you know, meeting the guru or or uh, being exposed to to such a sublime beings, it, it, it actually it actually causes us uh, the suffering, you could say, is a kind of suffering of birth. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, you make any great discovery lends a certain level of suffering. At least it always does for me. And it's not, you know, maybe it's just a dangerous act that you meet your guru after the age of 50, because for some reason you're, you know, you're, you're very, uh, the, the mathematical mind is then goes back and thinks, you know, why did it take so long? And then, you know, a guru would never ask that question, why, in retrospect. They would just be thinking, well, what do I need to do today to make today what it truly already is? And that's a manifested example and picture of absolute miraculous beauty. And let me just get through today. And they even say it like this, let's get through today. And then, you know, then you're sitting there, you know, shaking your head, yes, but before you know it, you're on a plane, you're back home, a couple of weeks have passed, and the tentacles are right back out. You're just holding on for dear life. I am, um, I don't know, I am, um, I think, it, you know, if, if I was to really like, not ask the question who I am, but how can I become better at who I, not who I think I am, but how can I just be better at waking up uh, finding a routine, uh, finding a daily practice. Maybe down the line, if you like pull into this praktik paksha bhavanam where you replace these thoughts with other thoughts, maybe somewhere along the way you'll just quit asking and um, you'll just listen more, you'll experience more. Um, do you agree? Yeah, but I think it's it's all a matter of uh, awareness, you know, that's <laughs> probably the only question we ever need to answer on the on the path we're on. Do I just succumb to my habits or do I uh, or do I uh, try to do something about them? And uh, if I can't do uh, anything about them, can I at least acknowledge them? And uh, and and uh, and lo- not feel not feel so guilty about them, not make them a problem, uh, but at least try not to uh, to harm anyone, and not to harm ourselves either. So I think it's just uh, we we progress uh, to the extent that we can that we can have self awareness. Yeah, well, there you go. You have this fourth niyama, right? This is svadvidyaya or something. And you're thinking, you know, it's self-study. When you're studying yourself, are you supposed to then look back at self and say, hey, who are you? Or is that not part of the self-study? Well, I think it's, uh, personally, I don't think it's so much help in sitting back and, and um, wondering about your life. What did I, why did I take the choice? Why did I 
take the the decisions I I did. Why did I make this or that uh, those choices? I mean, they they that was they were all product of you at that time of 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 uh, where you were at and and the circumstances that presented themselves at that time. I think we can all we can do is is really going on from here and try to do it with a little bit more wisdom. You know, people say to someone, you know, someone says, like I've mentioned before, you know, I am sad instead of saying I am feeling down. Should we not define things so uh, directly uh, to to sort of veer away from this whole sort of whip and these chains of, of asking us or having others expect us to answer who we are? Well, I am sad, I am angry, all these things, you know, it's, uh, it's also a cultural thing that we, unfortunately, we, we tend to identify ourselves with uh, our emotions. We identify very closely with whatever is happening at the moment. If you look at other cultures and other languages, they, are com- they perceive emotions completely different than us. Emotions are more something that passes through us the same way that the wind brushes through your hair or you have a, a, um, indigestion or something. It will pass. It's not part of your... Uh, of the the makeup of of who you are, it's just things that uh, that we don't need to associate with so uh, so closely, and this clinging and uh, identifying with our emotions make us believe that I am this or I am that. I am the person who is always angry. I am the melancholic person, rather than uh, seeing this as uh, as a, a, a Causes and conditions, something that uh, there's a pattern that um, that we have, but it's not an intrinsic part of us. It can all change, luckily. Yeah, luckily it it, it can change, and it often does. I think uh, the key is, is there anyone out that sees these changes happening? Because we seem to be very dependent upon um, if people, at least people that are born in the month of August, were very dependent uh, as Leos and, and and maybe, you know, as Aries and some Sagittarius is these fire signs. They they like to, uh, they like when people notice that they that, that they're in the room. I um do do people in general need an audience when it when it comes to perhaps not again asking the question who I am and having someone like substantiate that. But do they need an audience? as just by default being born do we do we need to in order to grow do we need uh, an audience i don't know if i would call it an audience but again other people make us grow and uh, and develop uh, you could say that uh, other people are our practice other people make up our resistance they make up our our support they make up uh, a mirror for us so uh, we are dependent on people in that way, but uh, we could also be more aware on how we use people, not in a negative way, but how we use the information that we get from other people. How do we tackle uh, a difficult relationship, and um, and how do we um, and and how do we. Uh, uh, how do we regard what what comes from from other people, ju- both praise and and criticism? I, I see. I um, I just have a set of eyes. That's all. And you know, like um, I've got a, a pretty like uh, going going off on a little tangent here. You know, you made me think. You know, we're we're asking that question, who am I? But you know, one question we need to ask, whether or not that question is totally irrelevant or not, is who are we? Um as a society and as a world. Uh, and I think I think of a, a crazy example of being in India and, I mean, anywhere in India. And you see, um, there's people along the side of the roads having, you know, pujas in the middle of their day. Uh, there's just there's so much belief. There's so much wonder. There's so many fantastic smells and traditions going on. There must be, a, you know, a, something to celebrate every day, whether it's, you know, giving thanks that there are motors and that there are refrigerators and there's a, you know, a national holiday that celebrates 
all working machines and they they ordain them with flowers and prayers and i just you know you take that times 365 days and even more there's some days that have more than one festival point being is in between all of those fireworks in between all of those colors in between all of those prayers you know what i see in india quite often I see more trash and pollution than I've ever seen in my entire life. And then you, then you have to come back to, irregardless of some sort of divine, fantastic moment, walking away from your temple. I mean, are you walking with your eyes sort of slant, slanted and tilted or looking up to the skies, avoiding picking up all of that trash around you, knowing that Mother Earth is in serious harm, serious danger? Or do you look at the body like, well... The body's not even a body. This planet's not even a planet. So, damn it, let's just keep on walking. Yeah, I I must say I have uh, wondered the same when I'm in Nepal and I uh, go into the forest and I see this uh, picnic site where people come, families come, and they have their picnics and they just leave everything there. And the, the, the place is just full of trash. But um, then I noticed myself when I first moved to uh, to Kathmandu, which uh, where it was even the garbage strike at that time. So the garbage was floating in the street, and this was the monsoon, so everything got floated, and and there was garbage floating around, and you were up to your ankles in it when you tried to cross the street. But after a while, you kind of also get uh, immune to it. And maybe part of that being immune is that you are so involved all the time, you know, because I think what you mentioned about all these festivals, when we are truly involved in something, we never ask that question, who we are. It only comes up in this like lonely moment when we are um, ruminating in our, our thoughts and we are not actually involved in what we're doing. And we also have this uh, um, expression that I was so happy I completely forgot myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, luckily that happens to me quite often um, because I think, you know, like any other sort of superstitious thought or, you know, you're... You know, you're looking at some sort of chaos also floating like garbage um, in an overabundant, uh, you know, uh, mind full of thoughts and processes that you just sometimes you, you can't handle it. So so maybe maybe in summary, somehow um, with all the garbage, whether it's in in the West and what we say and think or in the East in in, in what's going on uh, in in out in the streets uh, visually. You know, it, it just brings you back to the, the sort of same-same uh, concept where, um, you know, there just seems to be maybe people are, are too busy. Maybe there's an over, you know, after this industrial revolution, revolution came and technology has advanced uh, and we've invent things like plastic and that are not very sustainable. Um, do you think that there'll be enough traditions in the future, Ellen, that will keep uh, us focused on something long enough or even shortly enough to to then not ask the question of not who we are but what the hell went wrong in who we were mm. well i i question that myself Alice, because uh, i see us running in the in the completely wrong direction now if you think of how we live our lives we see ourselves from the outside more than ever we constantly look at pictures of ourselves. We constantly have to make these choices about how we, we want to appear in the eyes of others. Uh, and yeah, especially with the generation that's growing up who are so attached to the social media and uh, presenting themselves. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about their uh, how their lives will turn out and, and to what extent uh, they are allowed to be completely involved in things to the extent that they can forget themselves. And um, again, if we think about these um, precious gurus that we have, I, I think they are the way they are because they have a higher degree uh, uh, of awareness than than we have so in that way they they manage to be focused they manage to be involved in whatever they are doing at all times yeah i i hear that 
I just, um, once again, you know, when I look at a compound or a beautiful uh, area where the guru is, uh, there seems to be a lot of cleaning, walking of the animals and, you know, lots of taking care of the near vicinity, but on the way to buy the vegetables, you know, I would love to see one of these gurus, or especially where, you know, I have a lot of, you know, people visiting and practicing both philosophy and yoga, that they use maybe half the day just to clean up the roadsides uh, on the way into town to buy the vegetables uh, a little more often. And, and you know, maybe roadside is a, is a very good, uh, you know, uh, analogy to, to coming and honing in more on not who you are, but what you're made of. Uh, because if you if if you can work a little bit on sharpening your own pencil, then whatever you draw, whether it's a conclusion, um, whether it's you know whether it's a, a an interpretation of someone else or something else, it'll be a much you know straighter or clearer line now, won't it? If you if you're more uh, preoccupied with um, uh, what you're doing instead of who you are, absolutely. I I think that's uh, that's also key to uh, I would say leading a, a happy life and and being who you are is uh, to be more concerned with what you are doing than with who you are. Now you and I saw a wonderful um, <clears throat> video on YouTube from Mr. Bouton, uh, where he basically was saying that when couples meet, they they just they've got to quit courting each other and saying all of the right things that aren't right. They need to start off with everything that's wrong uh, when when two people meet each other, because a lot of who we are, at least uh, often, uh, uh, at least in the West, we're always you know looking for a partner. We are if we don't have one, we're wondering why. So there's there's a lot of you know partner based thinking going on, and if there is. Should we should we own up to what we're not a little more often in order to understand not what we are? Yeah, I think this uh, search for a partner is really where uh, we are put to the test, isn't it? In presenting ourselves in a in a favorable uh, way, and that's when we more often than not when we start to see ourselves uh, from the out outside, where through the other person's eyes, or at least we think we can do that. We think we can uh, we can see what they see when they when they look at us, um, and. Um, uh, relationship works in a w in a strange dynamic because quite often we want to uh, appear as a little bit better than we are, as faultless and and flawless and intelligent and smart. But if we think of uh, how we want to uh, to see the other person, we're quite uh, appreciative if they show their uh, if they sh if they put their guard down and show a little bit of their weaknesses. Then we can both lower our shoulders and say, ah, the other person is not perfect that gives me a permission to uh, relax and and remain with with my little flaws and faults and imperfections the, is that what we're looking for someone perhaps you know in the beginning it sort of brings up this you know whole idea of procreation and identity and uh i love her and then later on you're like well i think i love her and then after a while you're like wait no i really love her why because she accepts me the monster the fool the ignorant uh one for who i am and all my flaws are we looking for someone um in terms of who we are to understand and to uh sort of accept what we're not well i think we should be very happy if, if someone accepts us uh, as we are Hmm. I'm just wondering if uh, if people have the, the the first number one the capacity, like you say, society nowadays, like you said, was heading a bit in the wrong direction because everything is uh, very external based. There's not very much internal reflection, detection, and saturation going on where you're you know where one consequently um, really needs to crawl back in and not maybe ask any of these questions, but just to sort of you know, uh, you know, approach that carriage with your soul, uh, with yourself, and with that which guides you, holding the reins of your five senses, like you see in the Bhagavad Gita. Are we, are, uh, do we have the capacity in this over-abundant uh, uh, nature of ours to, to even smell, detect, see, and understand what the heck we really need, let alone 
to drop a conclusion of what and who we are? Well, I think the problem with this whole question about who we are is that we we think we need to see ourselves from the outside in order to be visible at all. We think we need to work so hard to to be someone, to put up an image as as if we would be erased from the surface of the earth if we didn't uh, define ourselves and and uh, define a character and uh, 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 promote ourselves in a certain way. But hey, we're not going to be invisible. Other people will will still see us, even if we uh, even if we. Uh, if, even if we're not aware what we look at from the inside, there will be no problem for others to see us. So it's like um, the circles within circles. We try to see ourselves from the outside, imagining how other people see us. And we even think that is necessary, but I don't think it is. Maybe not. You know, lately something's been bothering me. Uh, if I can just, you know, own up to it right here and now. I am... Um, I, I have thought a lot about, you know, my kids and how they see me. And uh, for some odd reason, I'm always living in the past, not now. But I'm always living in the future when I'm no longer here, thinking in past terms. What was he like, my dad? What was he like, Ellis, the one who had done this in a good way? Uh, and, and I don't like to live back in the future or to the future in retrospect of where I'm at right now. But there's there's something about my mindset that thinks a lot in this age about different friends that uh, that in fact lately have been, you know, I've gotten that, that call from the doctor that they in fact have cancer. And I almost see full circle, no matter who they are, which country they live in, uh, what they previously uh, represented and thought where they, it's not like a, it, it, there's no there's no if ands or buts about it. People just cut the crap when suddenly things become quite serious, and somehow I find that they also, with a, a, a high degree of credibility, aren't really asking that question either. Who I am, and it's not like they're asking the question either. Oh no, what what can I do? You know, they might do that initially in the first week or two, but there's something else that really calms, that seems very soothing, that seems very promising about someone that finally recognizes, hey, th this ain't going to last forever. Do we need more reality checks uh, despite getting a phone call from a doctor that remind us uh, how fragile we are? Well, hopefully, Alice, we will discover how fragile we are before we get that call from the the doctor. And but sadly, it it takes an extreme situation for us uh, more often than not to to realize that uh, what is important is uh, not at all what we what we are busy with most of the time. Uh, so uh, I think it's quite meaningless to to go back and uh, and look at our history and and uh, think too much about who we are as if we are a sum of our history in some way because I think the moment we we find out that we will already have changed and uh, I think equally there is uh, there is no way that we can know how other people see us if you talk about reality check just ask your friends friends who do how do they see us and compare that with how you perceive yourselves and um, and I'm sure these two things are going to be uh, quite different uh, I would agree with you there since it's often that you ask yourself a question along the lines of who you are and you yourself can't even answer that to yourself despite bringing up a lot of like chivalry and you know uh, you know I'm the guy that makes people laugh I'm the guy that likes to make pies I'm the guy I'm the one blah 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 and at the end of the day you know that's just uh, circumstantial so maybe in summary um, if you help me with uh, trying to summarize the, the impossible um, asking the question of who you are is very circumstantial, true or false? True. Uh, asking yourself who you are isn't uh, always so darn necessary, true or false? True. Um, being who you are is not always uh, the act 
of a human being who is completely present? I think being yourself is to be present in whatever you're doing. Okay, so being present is not has nothing to do with who you are. Being present is being present. Okay, so this is almost what I like that's happening here is certain questions cannot be answered. And when they're not, then it's showing you that there is something that is far superior than asking the question of who you are. Being present, being one of those uh, wonderful, uh, um, I wouldn't call it a, a, I wouldn't call being present in this light, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A condition. Um, I would call it just being present because being present is not a condition. You're, you, you're not either either present or not. Sometimes you can be sort of present, right? I think there's basically two modes. Either you're ruminating in your mind or you are present. Uh, there's also this state that we call flow when you're completely involved in, in what you're doing. And you can simply ask yourself, do I have any concept of who I am in this moment where I am completely engaged, where I am completely in the zone, where I am completely involved in what I'm doing? How damn important is it to know who I am? Doesn't that question sort of become irrelevant in those uh, moments? It is, you know... Um what about the waking state, the dream state, the, uh, all of these so-called uh, the, the states of, of consciousness? Um, do you have any uh, enlightening uh, regards in terms of you know, sharpening the pencil through uh, understanding that, or not understanding, accepting that we do change? I would really love to have more control in my dreams, and I find dreams very interesting because we quite often we, we are we have a sense of being ourselves in the in our dreams, right? But quite often we behave in a thing that surprises ourselves in our dreams. Why? Why did I do that? Uh, so it's a strange state uh, to be in, and it questions this whole uh, sense of selves in the way we are ourselves, but uh, yet we're not. Have you ever experienced, uh, Ellen, that you uh, you have this series of dreams and? Uh, you're back in a dream. And you almost feel like, okay, this is the same dream or part of it that I've that I've been having a lot recently. But either which way, form or another, you wake up and within a second, it's all forgotten. It's almost like a clamp of some sort of, you know, uh, extemporaneous uh, sort of hold or grip that sort of grabs your cranium and doesn't allow you to remember uh, this uh, wild uh, journey you were just on. Mm. Do you feel do you feel that things sometimes when you wake uh, a dream escapes uh, far too quickly? Oh yeah, definitely it escapes far too quickly. It's like you've been in this other realm and it's so familiar even if it's something that you never experienced before in your dream. You meet a person that you have known all your lives life and you wake up and you realize I never met this person or you're in a place that feels so familiar. Uh, so it, it's very weird and I, I really wish I uh, understood more. Exactly, because let's just now com cross-compare the whole answer you just gave, that yes, things do change and yes, you can uh, be removed and thoughts uh, suddenly removed from remembering where you just were in a dream as you actually consciously wake. Uh, this might happen too in the concept of who we are, that you know things are ever-changing and uh, in summary, once again, as we continue our summary, um, you did agree that uh, uh, who we are is based also on our surroundings and the peers around us? Definitely. Who we are changes with uh, with circumstances. We are expert at, at uh, adapting to circumstances and something might feel very familiar and we might feel very attached to it, but whoops, it's gone in the snap of a, of a finger and then you're in a new circumstance and uh, it doesn't take long before that is so is, is also equally uh, familiar. So I think we fool ourselves a lot of the time that uh, we need to be so familiar with, uh, with everything. We, um, we attach that familiarity uh, to external things that might not be so important. No. Mm. So maybe the, our personality is adaptability. 
Mm. Maybe it's ad- adaptability. Maybe, you know, you know, when I see us talking human beings and opening mouths, if I was an animal watching or observing us conduct, conduct our lives as we do from an animal perspective, not that I can begin to even transpect or empathize with exactly what they're thinking, uh, but, um, I, you know, these humans that are always trying to make sense of it, out of everything with this so-called opposable thumb and ability to think and to formulate, um, are we special or are we actually weak when it comes to having to even ask such mundane questions like who we are or where we're headed? I think it's... Uh, um Maybe it's some of our evolutionary uh, uh, capacities that have gone a bit wrong because we have this uh, ability to uh, to question uh, and it, it, it plays a part in our survival that we can plan our future and we can, to a certain extent, predict what is going to, to happen so we will not starve to death or uh, find ourselves in the middle of the winter without a house or provisions or, and things like that. But uh, many of these things, they sort of stray when we use our mental capacity in a way that is not productive it uh, it um, it's it's of no help to us so i think this uh, uh, wondering too much about questions that they're can never be an answer to like who am i how can you how can you answer that as uh, as far as we are a process that is uh, that's just my final take on it yeah in your last podcast we were talking about expectations and one thing you said uh, in uh, in summary there was that uh, people are you know they're not only um asking questions but they're you know they're asking the wrong questions and when we ask the right questions then, uh, then maybe we'll find some enlightenment. I guess with uh, asking who you are is it's it's not a right or wrong question. It maybe just doesn't need to be a question at all. Since what brings meaning to your life, uh, understanding and accepting that which changes, and and that you along the way change uh, as well, is uh, is paramount in this whole concept. Not question, because now I've found out that you and I have removed the question. Uh, in this podcast, podcast, uh, who are you? Who am I? And we've moved on to to creating it into more of a, you know, uh, a discussion, a topic of discussion. Because I now don't want to ask that question any longer. I'm going to work on not asking who I am because there seems to be an impossible weight to it. So, what about you? Are you going to continue to ask who you are, or have you? Get, given that up for Lent some years ago? No, but I think you gave the answer, Alice, because you said, uh, what brings meaning to my life? Who am I connected to? I think these are more constructive questions that we can ask in our, our lives, and and uh, maybe that will bring the answer. Well, now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up this uh, beautiful topic. Uh, it's now called a topic, not a question. And we've actually now just changed the title because it was such a difficult go trying to discuss something that uh, that doesn't really have an answer. And why doesn't it have an, an answer? Because we've now uh, concluded that it's not even a question. So, ladies and gentlemen, in light of this topic, now we're going to just call this What Brings Meaning to Your Life. This was the episode topic of What is Actual Meaning This is the Yoga Syndicate.